0: The responsibility of Xylem's Vice President of Environment, Health, and Safety is a great one during a typical year. The role of EHS in the company's resilience has reached a whole new level this year thanks to COVID-19, societal unrest, and a host of natural disasters, from intense hurricanes and flooding to unprecedented wildfires caused by climate change and drought conditions. On this episode of Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, Greg Mims, the VP of EHS for Xylem, talks about how 2020 compares to years prior in his career and the ways he and his team are taking action to help solve the latest additions to the global water crisis. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's Solving Water podcast episode. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I'm pleased to have Greg Mims join us today for what I know is going to be an awesome conversation. Greg! How are you? It's been I, a long time since we talked.
1: It's been a few years, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Well, doing well. How about yourself?
0: Good, good. Even yeah. amid the crazy year that we're having? Yeah, doing uh, well. 2020.
1: Can't wait till it ends.
0: Well, I wouldn't been- wish for that. I think we said that last year in 2019.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the year before. And the year before. I know, right? But let's not get into that. That's a whole nother conversation, Right.
0: Right. I thought we would, since we're already talking about the gloriousness that is 2020, I thought we would just start with the burning question on everyone's mind, which is, how is Xylem's EHS team handling this crazy year with the pandemic?
1: Well, it, it has been crazy, um, but in, in typical fashion, you know, the, the site EHS team, you know, as they always do, they step up and uh, just uh, continue to make things happen and continue to help keep our employees safe. I mean, you know, with the COVID situation, it certainly has increased their workload. I mean, cause they're on the front lines of all of this stuff. Um, but uh, it's, it's uh, been an interesting year uh, around COVID, especially with all the changing requirements, uh, the different, you know, global requirements. We've got different rules in different places and uh, just all the different aspects of COVID that uh, seemed to change week to week. There seems to be something new come out as they discover more and more about this illness. And uh, as, as they discover more, we, you know, we revise and change our ways and uh, try to implement programs that continue to keep our employees and colleagues safe around the world.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that sticks out to you as being something that's either the most surprising or most unconventional thing you've had to put into place since this whole thing began?
1: Um, well, I mean, we're typically ready for a pandemic uh, through our business continuity plan, and, and Bill Alexander and Mary Beth Anderson and Mungo, uh have had that prepared for us. I think what the surprise was was that it actually happened, and you know, and it it did catch a lot of people by surprise. All of a sudden, in January, February, this is being uh, this is happening, and uh, you know, we need to put the program into place. So. Uh, I think that was the biggest surprise, and uh, just uh, again, that the ever-changing studies and all that that uh, come around, which change the requirements for us, uh, continues to surprise us. But you know, overall, I think uh, the team has been on top of it. You know, I think the one thing, you know, from a personal standpoint, and you can edit this out if you like, uh, but. Uh, Not a
0: chance.
1: Yeah, sometimes politicizing a pandemic seems to be the surprise to us because you know, or to me anyway. It uh, it, in EHS we want to do the job and we want to address the issue. And uh, you you know, when sometimes the facts get switched around and all that, and people receiving uh, information that's incorrect or invalid or you know from whatever the source is, uh, really does not help things.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what kind of, can you give me some examples of some of the um, actions that you're taking to keep
1: employees safe this time? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you've got the universal precautions, which we always, uh, we want the employees to continue to take, which is, uh, you know, social distancing of uh, two meters or six feet, um, washing your hands often, you know, for 20 seconds, you know, washing your hands often uh, or as much as possible, um, staying out of large crowds you know, we just just continued that kind of activity. Uh, From a site standpoint, um, and this is fairly site specific, um, you know, we do have temperature testing at some of our locations uh, as the employees or visitors come in or colleagues come in. Um, We do have a a wellness check for employees, uh, colleagues to take prior to entering the facility. We encourage people that if they get sick to notify the team as quickly as possible so we can Get them out of the situation, so we don't have um, cases uh, being spread, um, and and then uh, just continued cleaning of the facilities. Uh, we're we're doing that as much as possible. I think Xylem has been very forthright with uh, uh, all the activities, but also very forthright with the status. I mean, we know how many people uh, have been uh, have contracted the illness and. Um, who's who 's in uh, quarantine who 's not uh, et cetera et cetera so uh, you know I think the the company has really taken a a very proactive stance to this and uh, you know makes me proud to work for a company like this uh, as as i 've been talking to other companies you know we're, it seems like we 're a little bit ahead of others that uh, in, in most of the stuff that we do um, you know I think the next thing that we 're looking at from a covid standpoint uh, is uh, the testing you know do we Implement uh, testing prior to coming into the facility in um, you know part of it is efficacy of the tests but also availability of the tests because these tests are not available just uh, globally at this point uh, everywhere so uh, these are some of the things that we're looking at right now
0: okay do you sense uh, have a sense if any of these uh, these precautions that are being taken are going to have staying power after we come out of the the heart of this pandemic.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, many of them will. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, it's created some good habits for us, uh, especially around the washing of the hands part, you know. Um, I know some people uh, have never washed their hands so often, uh, like my daughters, uh, in their whole lives, right? They're teenagers, so that's not something they do, but they do now. Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see on the masks, I think. You know, if, when you travel to Asia, or when I've traveled to Asia, it's, it's pretty common to see people walking down the street with masks on. In, in, in other countries, I don't see that as much. So, it will be interesting to see if some of those actions will stick, uh, because they're not just good for COVID. Um, I mean, you know, this is flu season coming upon us now as well. Uh, those same precautions <laughs> really apply to flu as well, and cold. and. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if some of that stuff sticks there as well. So you know we'll see. But until we get a vaccine, we're we're just going to continue down this path. And right okay. now, uh, you know, as you know, the vaccines are uh, in trial. But typically it takes years, and they're they're speeding this one through. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll see.
1: Um, <laughs> I'll be in line right after you for taking that test. Oh, or taking the uh, the first
0: vaccine. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to hurt me. It's just not going to be probably very effective (laughs) at (laughs) first. You know, look at how long it took to get to the chickenpox vaccine.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you talked a little bit about other countries, cultures, Mm -hmm. um, with regards to the mask wearing, but uh, something I'm just curious about in in sort of the EHS from your perspective uh, is how different cultures or countries affects the way you implement programming.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is interesting, um, you know, Xylem is a global corporation and, and, as you know, I've worked for other global, major global corporations like General Electric, Motorola, and those kind of companies, so, you know, my whole career has been working with uh, a global footprint and, and it is a little bit challenging. One, um, you know, the collaboration that you have to, to to get because some of the programs are so different, uh, and I'll give you an example. In the U.S., our regulations are very prescriptive, Right. So, you shall do this, you shall do that versus in Europe, uh, the the regulations are do a risk assessment and then based on that risk assessment, put the corrective actions in place that you think are necessary, right? So, that's not for at all um, and, and that's letting the person or letting the team develop the plan that they need to address the actual hazards and, in, in, you know, that are there. Uh, so, that's, that's one of the big differences you see from a global standpoint. Uh, from a regulatory aspect. But then um, just from an everyday life standpoint, you know, people, um you know, they live differently, right? And, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Asia over the, the past 30 years and, and, and I've, I've looked at a lot of injuries over there as well as, uh, you know, Europe and, and the Americas. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you hardly ever see is uh, typically a back injury in Asia. Or uh, an ergonomic issue, and you know you, I get a lot of feedback from that well well they 're not reporting the injuries and illnesses, blah 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 Well, that 's not true they are they 're doing it just like everybody else um, but but look at how you know just the, the nature of how they uh, take breaks right they don 't sit in a chair, you know they, they stoop down, they kind of you know and, and that 's what they 've done their whole life, so a back injury to them they 're very flexible. Um, because they've, they've taken these different positions during their life, uh, whether it's uh, um, through some of the activities at play or at work. Um, but, but that's what I think some of it is attributed to.
0: That's a cultural nuance that's affecting but, you know, the I actual numbers.
1: They stoop down and all that, uh, you know. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting um, that you never see a back injury over there. Oh, the other, the other aspect of challenging uh, global – cultures and um, scenarios that we have, uh, and I'm going to go back to COVID on this, uh, are the differences in requirements. You know, uh, some countries, uh, they didn't hardly do anything to flatten the curve on COVID, you know, but, but they're so spread out um, and the people don't gather and that the spread didn't happen, uh, which was which was great uh, versus, you know, countries like the U.S. where you have like a city like New York City where, you know, the housing is right on top of each other, that's, I mean, and the spread's going to go crazy like that. You have to put in specific requirements. So, addressing global challenges or, you know, global programs across the board and saying one size fits all does not always fit all, right? Um, because program in, in, let's, let's take uh, um, Denmark, where they are spread out and following certain rules does not work the same as it would in the United States. So you just got to be aware of that kind of, those kind of nuances.
0: Sure. And you mentioned that you, you've been in this industry a long time, right? So what are you saying? I'm old, Amanda?
1: Are you saying I'm old? Is that what you're saying?
0: I'm saying that you're very experienced. To hear more discussions about challenges and trends in today's water industry, tune in to our other shows on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, including In the Field with Gould's Water Technology about issues impacting the residential and agricultural markets, Through the Water Cycle, a series reviewing every aspect of the water utilities segment, from treatment to monitoring and reuse, And the bell and gossip podcast focused on hvac and plumbing systems for commercial building services stream download and subscribe for these episodes and more i mean we like i said we've probably known each other for about 10 years and so one of the things that i thought i would ask you today is you know based on not just your experience here at xylem but also at maybe some (coughs) of your previous roles maybe the thing you're most proud of or um, the project that you found most rewarding or had the best time with um, in your
1: career. Sure. From a personal standpoint, it's uh, my kids, but I think you already knew that my two lovely daughters, um, Delaney and McKenzie. And so I I get a dollar for each time I say their names on this uh, podcast. So I'm going to make sure they listen to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, um, you know, that's the first thing I think, you know, they turned out really great and, McKenzie is now at Indiana University. Go Hoosiers! Uh, and Delaney is a uh, a varsity cheerleader at the h- local high school, dating the captain of the football team. Not a fan, but you know it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> from a personal standpoint, that's uh, that's that's thing. But from a professional standpoint, you know, it, it, I go way back to my days in uh, the Chicago land area uh, when I did work for Motorola and. You know, I was hired in at Motorola as a corporate guy, right? And, uh, you know, I sat in the corporate towers. They, they called it the ivory tower at Motorola. Um, and it was. And, uh, you know, we we'll put out rules and we went and audited and we did this and that. Um, but one thing that I, I realized early on in my career is that I needed to get into a site to be effective. So, I knew what was actually, you know, um, I, I needed to implement this stuff. And so, what I did was I, I, I looked at up the statistics of the sites and I picked the site that was performing the worst at Motorola because <laughs> I thought just walk in the door and I could have an improvement, right? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I did pick the, the, the site that was uh, the worst performer and it happened to be in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And uh, it was a cellular infrastructure facility. And what they did was they built a, um, equipment that goes at the bottom of a cell tower. It's basically a switch that goes you know at the cell tower so a lot of electronics Uh, and they were making a lot of money right so the the safety was not high on their list money was right money was uh, and so but they wanted to change it and this facility had 6,000 employees 18 buildings and I was the EHS manager Um, and we took it from being the worst performer in Motorola to be in one of the best performing sites in the United States, not just Motorola. And that was in about a two and a half year period of time. We were actually recognized by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Uh, We were awarded the STAR Award, which is the highest award um, that you can achieve in uh, the United States for safety. Uh, And, uh, you know, basically they had uh, five OSHA inspectors come in and inspect our facility for 10 days. And again, this was a very large facility, and uh, they found nothing. They couldn't find anything, and they were shocked by that. Um, so that, that was, you know, um, I was pretty proud of that. The actual president of the United States was even uh, invited to our award ceremony. Um, and he, he declined, but sent a representative. Um, so that was pretty cool. So we were actually the largest um, star site at the time. Um, and then uh, two years later, the AT, an AT&T facility, which I, I was their mentor, took that position over. So, uh, I was pretty proud of that moment of, you know, it showed me that I could actually implement what I was, you know, pushing down from, you know, the ivory tower. Um, so, and, and it gave me a real sense of accomplishment um, and, uh, you know, it still makes me feel good today.
0: Well, that's awesome. Two and, <laughs> and a half years is fast.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty fast and um we uh, you know, we had a great team. It wasn't just Greg Mims for sure. I mean, that's that the only way you can do that is with a great team. And and I had that uh both from a facility standpoint uh and EHS standpoint. My management team was was outstanding and very supportive. Um not just, you know, with the cheerleading, but also with all the resources needed and um, et cetera. And, and they were all dedicated to it. So, you know, again, it wasn't, it wasn't a Greg Mims. I just happened to be the, the EHS lead at the time. And, uh, you know, and it was, uh, something that I'm, I'm very, uh, proud of. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to get some Xylem sites into that program.
0: Sure. Of course. Is that where the safety wrap originated? <laughs> Cause you had the safety rap ready to go. As as I have I might, lots you know. of uh,
1: safety tunes. Yeah, Amanda <laughs> and I were discussing some of my songs. Uh, I'm writing a couple now, uh, and it's not really right. I don't know what you call it. Uh, it's basically st- stealing a tune and write, rewriting the words, sort of like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, does. I was just
0: going to reference. Them. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and so yeah, the the songs that uh, I've been working on recently, um, one is uh, Frank Sinatra. Song about i 've got you under my skin that 's um, how the song starts, but i 've changed those words to i 'm wearing it over my mouth, nose, and chin. you see so the the, the whole mask thing right and then, uh, then the uh, the song from hamilton uh, i 've been working on some some words for that one um, you 'll be back is the name of that song where the the king comes out. And he's talking to the peasants over in the United States that, you know, hey, you left me, you'll be back. Uh, and I've changed those words to wear your mask, wear your mask, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Know? So I've been, so I've been working Groff on. the
0: character.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's a great I song. I won't great. do as much spitting, though, as he does when I, <laughs> I <know> <laughs> hey, say that. Hey,
0: <laughs> I've read articles that that's very common
1: in I, I, the world I've of Because I immediately looked up that and I, I was thinking, COVID, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole front row got soaked with that.
0: Oh my! <laughs> he did not look phased, by the way. Like, no, he just yeah. pressed right on. Like yep. that's that's true, I and mean, that's how you do it. <laughs> so then, on the other side of it, um, not that you know, I want to bring up any tragic yeah. things that have happened in your career, but um, maybe we could talk about one of the more challenging scenarios you've encountered.
1: Well, I mean, there's always challenging scenarios. I think I think one of the biggest challenges as an EHS person is is really getting buy-in from everybody on a from a global footprint. You know, and I'm talking in general, right? Uh, not not Greg Mims. and I'll tell you about Greg Mims here in a second. Um, but but that's always a challenge um, because you know one shoe does not fit all, right? And and uh, so we we just need to make sure we work with the teams to ensure we've got the right requirements. And the, the other aspect, you know, uh, that I think is sometimes challenging for an EHS professional, you know, I, I learned this uh, as, as you go on in your career. And as, as you said, I'm an old timer, Amanda.
0: Those uh, were my exact <laughs> words also.
1: <laughs> That's what I heard anyway. Um, you know, you, you start out and you think, Oh, I've got all this power and all that. And you, you become what we call a safety cop. Right, safety policemen, or you go in and you, you got your little checkboard and your, you know, your clipboard and your, this is wrong and that's wrong and this is wrong and, and then you walk well, then you eat their food and then you walk out, right, um, uh, and and don't give them any guidance, you know. Uh, you really have to grow out of that, as you know, and and hopefully you don't even get into that mode because you know our job is not to do that. Our job is to team with our management partners and our. Uh, the colleagues that we're working with uh, on an everyday standpoint to make the place a safer environment uh, for everybody. So that, you know, that sometimes is hard for some of the EHS team members to get out of. Now from a Greg M. standpoint, um, you know, I mean, uh, when I was with the the general, I was their health and safety lead for one of the businesses. And uh, one of uh, unfortunate areas of expertise I had was uh, I was, what they called the investigator. Um, so when something really bad happened, uh, like a fatality or what have you, uh, I would get the phone call and, uh, off I would go into the, uh, to the site to investigate that. So that was pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was able, you know, I, I have enough compassion and empathy for people that I was able to interview, uh, because those are very delicate situations. Um, and, uh, you know, it took, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And, you know, the seven fatalities that that I investigated and the people that I uh, interviewed uh, have never lost, lost, you know, I've never lost uh, thought about that. You know, that never goes away, never goes away. Um, So that would be probably the toughest, the toughest role that I had.
0: Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I admire about you and there are many, (laughs) um, it's your way with people and um there's there's only certain people that can um carry off that kind of role with the um with the grace and understanding that you do so
1: I, um, i appreciate that um, I shook you up I was there, hoping you were gonna say
0: well yeah I was like I was hoping you're gonna say well this pandemic is pretty crazy one of the more crazy things. It, yeah it, it is
1: but you know I think uh, the teams associated with the business continuity teams uh, w- we're ready for it. Um, right. You know, although we're we're still dealing with it um, and um, you know it's just something we're doing and Uh, Somebody said to me the other day. They they actually thanked. There was several of us from the COVID response team on the phone, Um, and uh, they thanked they thanked us, which was really nice. I mean, because the team does really put in a lot of time and effort. Um, And they talked about how calm we seem to be. Um, And uh, uh, my friend Bill Alexander made a comment. I think it was Bill. He made a comment and he said, uh, "He's like we're like ducks." He's like smooth on the outside but under the water our feet are going like crazy you know so we may look smooth on the top but uh, we're you know we're still paddling like crazy and uh, trying to get the job done so so don't be fooled there's still a lot of stuff to do not just for the COVID response team but for uh, everybody still involved the, the pandemic's still out there the second wave you know is projected to come it's already hitting in some locations um, so so don't let your guards down everybody that would be the last thing we need to do.
0: Right. And what about outside of the pandemic? I mean, it's easy to focus on that because it is sure. obviously such an anomaly in in, in our time. <coughs> um but uh what are what are some things that you're working on outside of of just uh safety precautions around COVID?
1: Yep. There's there's a lot of stuff. Just like everybody's um one of the things uh, I I got pretty much a new EHS leadership team. Uh, we've had some turnover in the EHS team. So, um, you know, as as much as I hated to see the old team leave, um, it's pretty cool to have this new team in. Uh, the new ideas and the energy that they're bringing just me is is just so refreshing. Um, you make and, and them
0: audition via song.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some of them are pretty good at it, actually. Um, I don't, did you see our Imagine song? We had an Imagine song. Yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> So the EHS team is not shy. We can't sing, but we're not shy.
0: Well, you're coming so I've known you for 10 years, so you should be able to put out a greatest hits album pretty soon.
1: <laughs> we'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the new EHS leadership team is working on a lot of new ideas. Uh, uh, we we just met uh virtually, uh had a strategy meeting, um coming up with a new vision and et cetera, for that. Um, but one of the things that I think is really exciting for the EHS world, and not just the EHS world, but for Xylem as a whole, is the upcoming Xylem production system that uh, is is uh, going to be rolled out. I think tomorrow um, during the uh, um, Living Lean um, workshop um, that, that that occurs tomorrow. Uh, and I don't know when this is going to be posted, so maybe in the past.
0: Uh, <laughs> But,
1: uh, yeah, so the xylem production system is going to be rolled out. If you have not heard about it, you should check it out. Um, and w- w- basically what it is, it's uh, it's a maturity matrix on implementation of, of um, practices around xylem from an SQDIP standpoint, right? Um, and uh, safety is part of that and sustainability is also going to be uh, a major portion of that. We're We're in the process of writing that. But I think that's that's a, a very exciting tool that we're going to be able to use across the board, both in sales and service as well as manufacturing, to get a handle as to where our sites are um, and what they need to do to become best in practice. The other exciting uh, activities that we're doing uh, are around operational sustainability. Um, as you know, uh, we rolled out, Xylem rolled out a, uh, a 2025 uh, sustainability strategy with some Pretty impressive goals, um, and uh, uh, as Donna Laviolette says, there uh, that she calls them "b hags," right? Big, hairy, audacious goals, um, and uh, <laughs> that's how she describes them, which always cracks me up. Uh, Donna's great, and she's really good at what she does in the sustainability world. Um, but on the EHS side, we're we're still responsible for the footprint reduction activities, which we call operational <laughs> sustainability, and we have some pretty, you know, uh, exciting goals. Uh, that uh, we're, we're still working on, and uh, we've got five years, but uh, they're around uh, water reduction um, in our processes at our major sites, zero waste to landfill, which is another exciting goal, and you know, it's, a, it's a, again a BHAG, right, and then um, renewable energy uh, being used at our facilities, and while we do use renewable energy at uh, many of our facilities, and we purchase green electricity, Uh, We still have a long way to go on that. We've got projects that are uh, in our pipeline. Um, 70 projects were just teed up for 2021. Uh, We're working on about 30 projects right now. Um, And again, uh, this could not happen without the support of, you know, the management teams, both uh, at the sites and at corporate, um, as well as the the teams uh, on the ground doing the work. I mean, there's a lot of activity going on around this. Uh, so, that's uh, pretty exciting and it's really cool to see the teams get involved in these kinds of activities and, and coming up with solutions uh, on how to solve water in our own facilities, right? Um, you know, we, we do it for our customers and uh, we're now doing it also for uh, our own sites, which is which is really exciting. Um, so, you know, I see some of that, uh, some of the uh, activities that we need to, you know, from a short-term Perspective. We're 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 trying to get uh, programs set up around uh, non-standard work. You know, something that happens every day is you know we do a task that we're not used to, right? Or that we don't do every day, and we may not know what all the requirements are. Uh, but there certainly are hazards associated with that. So standing back and saying, hey, what what's the uh, what's the situation here? And what should I be aware of? Uh, you know, those are some of the the short-term activities, cuts and lacerations, as for big injuries, etc. Uh, removing non non non-regulated equipment you know like shanks and stuff like that that we have (laughs) for our facilities Uh, we try to get rid of those Uh, you know that's the your basic blocking and tackling for EHS but I think this silent production system is going to have a huge impact in the safety world EHS overall um, and and for the company I'm I'm very excited for the whole uh, project and Florian uh, has done a great job with that.
0: That's great yeah I mean it just harkens back a lot of of memories for myself in the the <laughs> days of uh, supporting safety yep. programming at uh, our Morton Grove facility.
1: Yeah, and well, when we visited Montecchio and we were doing an audit there and doing some, uh, and I kind of crashed your communications party, I think.
0: Yeah, always welcome. <laughs> we need a little livening up. <laughs> <laughs> So another question I have for you, just again, to satisfy my curiosity. So I feel like technology and stuff has evolved and changed so much yes. over the last several decades. Right. Yep. Um, that being said, I feel like there's still like you mentioned block and tackle mm-hmm. safety standard worker procedures. So to me it seems like there's a lot that wouldn't change in environment, health and safety over time. That being said, with technology
1: and then just, you know. Yeah, it's 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 how we do things. The overall strategy doesn't change, right? Uh, Risk assessment is a risk assessment. Um, But how we do that risk assessment uh, is a lot different nowadays than it was when I was a young pup. Uh, You know, we we had a piece of paper and a clipboard, like I said earlier, and, you know, we would uh, conduct the risk assessment that way uh, versus – Uh, Now, we carry around cell phones and iPads and other technologies and uh, um, the risk assessments are done directly on those devices and, you know, we can uh, have it so that uh, before the job can even start, you have to complete your risk assessment so you cannot start the job without doing this versus, oh, I forgot to fill out my form and then I do it at the end of the job so I can turn it in and say I did it, right? Uh, You know, so technology has really helped us out on the EHS standpoint. Uh, Also from a driver's standpoint, right? That's probably one of the most dangerous things we do at Zyland is drive a car. Probably one of the most dangerous things we all do every day. And, um, you know, some of the technologies we use to track the performance of our vehicles from a sustainability standpoint uh, to the training that we conduct, right? Uh, Now we've got a driver's training program that we do online and you know it's really cool. Uh, I think it's really cool, but I'm a safety guy. Um, but if, if if I'm in the the country of France, right? I'm on this on this online tool. Uh, I'm actually driving down French streets with French signs. Or, you know, French signs in uh, French, right? Versus taking an American course where you're driving on the right or the wrong side of the road, and everything's in English. So uh, technology is really advanced that way. Um, even even things like due diligence activities. You know, when we move into or out of a facility, we have to take a look at the facility to see um, if there's any pollution or anything like that. And the due diligence activities in the past always required somebody to go on site. Now you have Google Earth. You know, I can go and I can pull up a site and look at the ground and I can look at the roof and see if there's any stains. You know, so technology is a wonderful thing. It's really um, it makes it so I could, I don't have to leave my basement right here.
0: <laughs> Which back to the pandemic is actually a really good thing.
1: Yep, yep that's right. Although my wife is not used to it. This is the longest I've ever been home. Wow,
0: well, yeah. In
1: my whole career. So she's uh, she's actually blocked off the door. So I can't go upstairs anymore because she's actually drywalled it off. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I have to crawl out the window. To,
0: to, Smart woman. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who meets you, Greg, I think they immediately understand how passionate you are about safety. And just was there a moment that you knew you wanted to be in this field for your career?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, before I got into this field as a career, I was a firefighter, right? Um, so when I was in college, that's what I did, um, me and my brother. At first I thought, hey, I want to be a doctor. One, college is really hard. Uh, (laughs) to become a doctor. Um, But then, uh, you know, I thought about it like, well, why would I want to be a doctor when I could be a safety guy and I can help prevent people from going to the doctor, right? So I'm like the, uh, you know, the step ahead of the doctor. That's the way I look at it anyway. But I think being a firefighter really helped seal the deal for me because I saw a lot of stuff, um, you you know, as anybody that is a firefighter will tell you, um, a lot of stupid stuff you know, people doing stupid things some of the times and getting injured and all that. So you're like, there's got to be a better way, you know, than this. And uh, so I think that kind of helped out with that. Uh, but, you know, I, I took the classes at uh, uh, Indiana State, which is in my hometown, and uh, I really enjoyed them. And, it, you know, it was science and math background. And I thought, hey, I can do this. And it seemed fun. And the other aspect of it that I really enjoy is that I I'm not doing the same thing every day, right? One day I may be dealing with the pandemic, global pandemic. The next day, you know, I, I'll be dealing with uh, uh, a chemical in the workplace or um, accountability somewhere else, or you know, changing a culture. You know, so I mean, we're we're involved in so much stuff uh, that you can't really get bored at this job. <laughs> and if you're bored, you're not doing the right thing, you know. <laughs> because uh, uh, there's something going on every day, um, and it's coming at you from every, every direction. And, you know, um, and even the, you know, aspect of being a firefighter plays over into safety, because sometimes you have to go away from your regular management system and address the activities that are going on in the world. I mean, uh, if we look at some of the stuff that's going on right now, just locally here in the United States, um, we've got wildfires out west which are affecting our facilities and our colleagues. We've got hurricanes and uh, tropical storms in the South, which are affecting our colleagues and our sites. We have this pandemic. We have protests, right? So, you know, there's something going on. And this is just one country, right? So multiply that by the globe, right? And now you got some excitement going on. Right? <laughs> so <we're not. laughs> yeah, so I think that's what really sold me on it.
0: Yeah, I thought for sure you were going to say something like it was just the second runner up to being a producer songwriter.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm still hoping for the producer songwriter thing. I think that gig is going to work out for me.
0: There's got to be a reason you uh, bring that into your your daily work so much.
1: Uh, I I, I tell you, I I like to have fun. You know that you've known me for such a long time. Um, and, And when I was working with AWS as the director there, uh remember the stuff we did uh you know the the safety games and uh and although you know at first if you remember people thought it was corny right but then after about a week or so of doing this and and we were we were not just playing a game but we were sending a message you know and, and if you remember some of those messages eyes on task you know uh line of sight right mm-hmm. uh you know it they were learning something at the same time, but they didn't realize they were having fun. But they were, you know, learning something at the same time. And so I, I like to have fun, and whether that's uh, um, through songs or through games or whatever it is, uh, that's the way I want to do it. And you know, uh, I like to smile, and sometimes I'm told I smile too much. Um, no such I'm, thing. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, I mean. Um, you know, I think I, I, there's a line in a TV show um, from the United States. It's called Mash, um, and it's about the a Korean War um, surgical hospital, right? And BJ Honeycutt's his name, and you know he's he's wanting to leave the war, right? He's he's done with it, and his 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 comment is, you know, I don't like the movie. I get up and leave, right? You know, if you're not having fun, you know why keep doing it? And so, you know, I like that fun.
0: Yeah. I, I see that. And <laughs> I feel like I, I'm glad. Well, I just, I, I guess what I was meaning to say is um, I can tell you bring that to, to the job every day um, and you've kept it fresh. <laughs> and I think that employees appreciate that. I know
1: I do. Well, good. And if anybody has any ideas on how we can make safety more fun or, you know, more impactful.
0: Or if anybody out there is listening and wants to give Greg a record deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Geffen Records or whatever it is. Isn't your husband uh, a record guy? Uh, Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah, I think I just found my in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've covered so much ground today, um, Greg. I really appreciate your time. Anything specific you want people to take away from this conversation, or anything um, you want to talk about that's coming up on the horizon for well, me EHS? You know,
1: yeah, I don't think anything necessarily from a horizon standpoint. But you know what I what I do want people to take away is that, uh, and, and you'll hear Patrick Decker say this, uh, and I completely, completely agree with this. That, you know, safety is a team sport. He's absolutely correct. Um, you know, one one player goes down, um, it affects the whole team, um, both physically, mentally, um, cost, etc. Uh, and 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 we don't want any of our colleagues going down. We don't want anybody being injured. Um, and and although you know, there's a lot of distractions, a lot of distractions in the world today. Um, whether it's a pandemic or you know. Uh, the, some sporting event that's being canceled or whatever it is um, stay focused on safety, but, and, and not just at work, but safety at home as well, you know, for you and your families um, because, you know, any injury to a family member or to yourself affects multiple people around you. So there's, there's, there's a huge effect uh, when one person gets hurt, on all the people around them, from their caretakers to their family members to their coworkers. So try to stay safe. Try to keep your coworkers safe and your colleagues safe um, and, and just stay focused. Uh, a lot going on, like I said, and it's it's really important that we keep our mind on task. Got
0: kind of that little plug in there right at the end. <laughs> mind on task.
1: Mind on task. That's right.
0: Really, really great to catch up with you. It's been ah, too it's long. Been
1: great, Amanda. Hopefully you'll
0: uh, you'll come back. <laughs> again and we'll have another uh, chat soon
1: i'll be your co-host when can i be your co-host
0: oh yeah we'll find <laughs> we gotta find somebody to interview uh to our listeners thanks for tuning in and uh, for more information about xylem's ehs efforts click the link in the show notes and don't forget to email me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com with feedback and show ideas for to be a guest on solving water thanks again great
1: thank you amanda
0: The Solving Water podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe.